Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower... It's the one, the only, Pucko Podcast! Guys, I, I'm i just saying, it probably wouldn't be that difficult. Also, think of all the opportunities that we can get if we pick up, you know, this and this investment. Thatch, we are not going to buy an oil tanker. Welcome to the 192nd episode of the Puckle Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with my co-hosts, Shamu and Scron. And we're here to bring you another Pucklelicious episode of the Puckle Podcast. So Puckle up, make Puckle puns. Puckle, of course, standing for the uh, Pokemon Underground Champions League. Uh, so it's a community website with a podcast and other medias that you guys can come and check out for Pokemon-related stuffs. Yeah! Yeah! So, okay. uh, without further ado, I'd like to ask you guys the question that I ask you guys every week. What have you been up to in Pokemon since you were here last? Uh... <laughs> Pretty much nothing. Nothing, even though, they banned, even though they banned the baton, or they edited the baton clause. That made and me so happy. I know it made you happy, and you're, like, super excited, and then you didn't do anything. I just... Don't like make. I'm gonna try to make some teams, but mm-hmm. lately I just go to make a team and I don't want to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just leave all interest. Lately has uh, uh, it's actually a case of tal- Talonflame fever, in which uh, Doctor Shamu has become afraid of Talonflame. Talonflame of- is kind of ridiculous, though. Strain <laughs> of influenza. <laughs> Random influenza. All right. So. Um, well, uh, I've been doing my gym leader badges. Uh, oh, battles, I think we all battles. have. Yeah, and um, I've actually been uh, I've been trying to work around and and like do smoke on stuff, but it just gets so difficult, you know, and like trying to to please everybody at the same time. What do you mean by please everybody at the same time? Oh, uh, what? Uh, mm. 
wink, wink. You know, like if okay, yeah. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, I've been, I've been uh breeding a few Pokemon as well in my free time. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really done anything much because Canada Sea. Yeah, you know, it's it's just one of those lulls in the in the Pokemon like uh, timeline. Not a whole lot is happening. In yeah, the... nothing's really happening. I'm getting really excited. Hopefully, we do get that. Uh, we do get a uh, Z announcement in the near future. Mm. Or what? Yeah. yeah, I think that'd be great. But I too want to see Zygarde turn into a beautiful butterfly, <laughs> just like Bug's Life. Yeah, like Bug's Life. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, yeah. Just like Bug's Life. It's it's absolutely like Bug's Life. Oh, oh if they did that though, it'd be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got a gigantic Zygarde with like two little butterfly wings. That's all that changes. I don't know. I would. I, there's a lot of speculation about what's going on there. What really upset me was like there's still like people who think it's not Zygarde. There's a pos. I can. I get it because we still have some unheard of stuff but it's most likely Zygarde. There are a lot of people who think it's not Zygarde still and that is disturbing. The only thing that could it could be other than Zygarde I would say is if it's not a new Pokemon it would be Kyurem. Uh, a lot of people keep or, saying uh, that it's the uh, the original Tau Trio dragon. And yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know that, that I believe that. Huh. Yeah, yeah but we, have, we would have heard of that I would think. And even then, it's not even the, the original dragon, as far as I've heard, or if I've understood, it's not three, it's only two. Well, okay, so the idea is, the reason that Kyrem can fuse with them is because Kyrem's like the empty shell that uh, Reshram and Zekrom came out of, so it'd be all three of them put back together, essentially. Okay. I n- never caught it's that. It's just like a weird them. giraffe turkey thing. <laughs> yeah. And... Yeah. I love it, though. Like <laughs> And it, it's essentially like one of the alien Pokemon, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, it'd be really interesting to see. Like, there has been some speculation that maybe it's just like there are two forms of Zagard because there are two moves that we haven't seen yet, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just like uh, with uh, Kyrim, he had Glaciate, which turned into uh, what are the two moves? I totally forget the two moves. Freeze Shock uh, and Freeze Burn? Yeah, Freeze Shock and Freeze yeah. Burn. And so that turns into that. And so uh, Zygarde has his own signature move. Land's Wrath. Land's Wrath, which, can, which people speculate can turn into a uh, thousand waves or thousand arrows. Yeah. When he changes form. Mm-hmm. Aren't they... I can't remember if they're physical or special or if they're both, like, special. I can't uh, I forget, but a uh, thousand arrows is supposed to be cool because it can, it's a ground-type move that can hit flying-type Pokemon. I think they're both the same thing, though. Uh, they're the same thing as Land's Wrath as well. Yeah. Uh, thousand, uh, thousand, uh, what is it? Thousand waves isn't much different than... I don't, last I checked, I thought they were the exact same move. Mm-hmm. But it's been a while. No, I think there's, well, uh, it's, uh, the user, those hit can't flee from battle with thousand waves. Oh. And... Well, uh, given our luck with... With predicting what will happen in the Pokemon world, we'll end up with like five different only Z- alternate alternate Zygards. It's only happened twice. Zygarde Lucians, whatever. <laughs> One for each type. There are going to yes. be three versions of Z. Uh, yes. It's Z1, Z2, Z3. Z3. Exactly. And then, by, and then by three versions, we mean three of each, so they'll be like mm-hmm. Z1 squared. Yes. Z1 cubed. <laughs> 
Yeah, I could see Thousand Arrows just being like super OP. It's a yeah. ni- it's a ninety base power physical ground move that can hit flying type Pokemon and levitating Pokemon and Pokemon holding an air balloon. GG. Yeah, Zygarde has Dragon Dance too, so yeah, that could thousand- be pretty good. I could see that that would he's going to Ubers if he gets Thousand Arrows. That's ex- yeah, I was about to say like. Hello to Ubers, because yeah, Talonflame, I don't think all, that, that kills Talonflame, that kills, um, Rotom. That takes out Air Balloon, that takes out Air Balloon Excadrill, Air Balloon Heatran. Air Balloon yeah. Magnetome, that's not run very often. Yeah. Air Balloon Rotom, Rotom. Rotom fan. You can put Air Balloon <laughs> in front of any Pokemon that would be weak to ground. <laughs> and then it would be applicable. Yeah, All right. God. All right. Either way, let's move on to the news. Cue the epic music. Coming to you live from the Lavender Town Radio Tower. This just in. And on to the news, There, it's been kind of a light news week. But there's still some stuff to talk about. Well, what? stuff to talk about, including the Diancy event that's going to be over by the time they By the time this, this is uh-huh. posted. Uh, not to mention, you can also check out... Uh, so right now, the biggest news, I think, is that uh, an Ask Me Anything was done on Reddit with the CEO or something of Dave & Buster's. I forget... Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Senior Vice President of Dave and Buster's. My bad. And he, uh, they asked him about Pokémon Fighters because it is actually traditional for as uh, as Japanese arcades do get like the Tekken games to play in the arcades and play test them. Uh, and Dave and Buster's will also get them occasionally. Mm-hmm. And so they asked about Pokémon, and Dave and Buster's is going to get Pokémon. So the first place to play Pokémon Fighters will be in Dave and Buster's. And uh, Shamu was asking me about how he was hoping for a console release, and this makes it look like there's not going to be a console release. Well, uh, Tekken 7 actually came to the arcades and Dave and & Buster's and everything, and it's definitely getting a console release. So uh, I think that it's really moments like this where Nintendo's going to gauge public reaction and like see if it's really worth their time to make a console release. So I don't I don't yeah. think that's going to be an issue at all. I think tech, the people Nameco Bandai will in fact just release it as right. a console release. It's it's yeah, not I, just Nintendo, it's also Nameco in on this as well. There's a lot of hype through it too right now as mm-hmm. well, so I don't I don't think that's going to go anywhere anywhere soon. So we'll let's ride that. Let's uh ride the hype train choo 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 choo. Uh, I want to sell. I mean, I'm not super excited because there's only like I think ten fighters or something right now. Uh, eight maybe even. And I don't know. I'm that's probably a typical fighting game for people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah I, I'm nine still waiting fighters for right Probat. Probat. I don't think Probot's happening. Uh, I don't think for alligators happening, Fetch. I, I'm not. I don't think for alligators gonna happen. All right. I was just trying to hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't have to apologize. No feelings for her. Uh, uh, okay. You so burst in, my bubble. I'm going to burst yours. <laughs> so in uh, in other news, let's see. We have uh, uh, 
there's there's literally like no news. Um, I talked about the hype for a potential announcement. Uh, Pokemon World Championships news has been uh has been posted. So there's uh obviously you're gonna have some streaming from nine thirty to three o'clock on Friday, August twenty first. Uh, Saturday, August twenty second. There's gonna be more video game streaming from like noon to six. And then Sunday on the 23rd, they're going to have the finals at 3 p.m. for the video game. So there's going to be a lot there to watch. Um, Hopefully more Pachirisu. <laughs> in, more, in more recent fun news, uh, after Scrawn and I have experienced uh, side events of our own, uh, yes. the Boston Open is actually happening at the same time as the World Championships. And so it's essentially a... Uh, like a miniature version of the world championships that you don't need championship points to enter. But if you do well in that, it's uh it gives you championship points the equivalent of a of a regional competition. Mhm. And you can uh and they count towards the 2016 season. Yeah. So if you want to go to Worlds in 2016, that might be something to check out if you're already going to Worlds in uh be able to play a little bit at Worlds and scout out what it what it would be like, mm-hmm. while also like not having the, the sort of pressure. I mean, even so, we were at those side events where like they were just giving away like a Wii U or something, you know? Oh yeah, <laughs> and like the competition's just super intense, mm-hmm. and it's super degrading. <laughs> you think you're good at Pokemon, but then you're just like you're not. Void cats. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> If it's yeah. single, uh, be- rather than best two out of three, void cats. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, that. Yeah, it's a, a Lipard with a super gimmicky. and you have a Smeargle in the back yeah, with Dark Void. Dark Vo- yeah. And then you just I saw the Dark Void awesome. everything and. Oh yeah. Mhm. It's awful. <sighs> it's absolutely uh, awful. Yeah, it's it's really good. Uh. Other than that, there's not much news. Uh, on the Puckle side of things, though, it is the, uh, the last week for badge collection in the Summer League. So mm-hmm. if you have not collected badges, this is the time you have to do it if you want to be able to compete in the Summer League. Mm-hmm. Uh, please um, do that very soon. Shamu, didn't we have like four or something people who have collected eight so far? Yeah, three. Okay, so we have three three people vying to be the puckle champion and so it's gonna be like super easy for you guys to like win the whole thing if you just get the eight badges this week so work on getting those badges this week yes yeah all right all right um i think that's it for the news so after this short break we'll come back at you guys with the topic Hey everyone, it's Viger, and I'm here to tell you that you should check out all the cool features that Puckle has. Puckle Podcast has a chat box where you can chat with me, fellow co-hosts, and other members of this wonderful community. We also have forums and even tournaments to participate in. You can follow us on social media such as Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Tumblr, and Reddit. You can be part of the show by sending us an email to pucklepodcast.gmail.com. Every show has about 20 minutes of emails, and we appreciate hearing from you. So check out everything Puckle has to offer. And on to the topic. So our topic today is a little bit different. Uh, it's competitive geared. We're going to be talking about uh, team archetypes and giving you guys some examples of uh, of cores you can use in that type. So hopefully you can build your own team from that. Maybe get some ideas. Maybe take what we give you as suggestions and probably change it around. 
Yeah, and uh, an important thing to note about this episode is that archetypes are always changing, and with oh, everything obviously. that that comes in, you have to uh, be prepared to adapt. And you can't just, like, make one team and be like, oh, right, I'm set for the rest of Pokemon, because it is a changing game. No, meta- that's the whole point of calling it a metagame, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, things are always changing in the game. It's always a little bit different. So, uh, the next thing that I would like to, uh, I would like to state that this is uh, going to be primarily for single battles today. We're going to do, actually, I think, on... Uh, on, let me give you the release date of this episode. It'll probably be the 13th... Oh, no, wait, this is July. Um, it'll probably be the 17th of August. We're going to put out another episode where it's more geared towards VGC. And we're going to talk about some VGC cores there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is going to be for single battles. And so you can go play on Showdown, play uh, nonchalantly. So the first one that I wanted to start out with, just because it seems like the bread and butter of Pokemon is just, like, the balanced team archetype. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this one's, like, very popular because we like to run balance. A lot of us like, a lot of us don't want to run, like, a full-on stall team or a full-on offense team. It's you know? it's the most adaptable of the, of yeah. the team types. I it, agree with that. The, the downside is that you may not have as much synergy by mm-hmm. relying on a theme, but you'll be able to bring in, like, oh, components definitely. that will have that will work together very nicely mm-hmm. like uh so so the core that we're going to give you guys for this one is probably like one of the most popular cores in all of pokemon right now i'm pretty yeah. sure it is the most popular uh right now it is uh venusaur heatran rotom wash uh mm-hmm. you can build around those guys accordingly but these guys make a, like a good chunk because they take they take damage well for each of their teammates and it's just it's a really really good core right now Really, uh, really good core. Uh, the most op- physically offensive common type would be Earth, if I'm correct. Uh, and, ground uh, type, probably. I mean, you, and, every team has to have Earthquake on it, right? And other than, like, Moldbreaker, Excadrill, you're not going to be seeing a whole lot of people getting past a Rotom Wash with Yeah, Levitate. exactly. And you've got a, a Heatran with Flash Fire to also take, like, fire, fire damage. So Even though you could be running Mega Venusaur on top of this, which you probably should be. <laughs> Uh, so fire damage isn't going to do much to you anyway. Indeed, Plus yes. you have Rotom Wash as well to, hit the, to take the yeah, fire. Yeah, exactly. It's that. even better, right? Uh, and even, like, if you're Town Flame, both of the other two, mm-hmm. both Heatran and Rotom, resist both of yeah. Town Flame's stats. Now, one of my favorite things about that core, to do with that core, that, like, I, I don't see a lot of people doing right now, is, like, going full offensive Heatran. Oh, yeah. I haven't, like, I see a lot of people going bulky Heatran. But full offensive Heatran, I think, needs some love. Um, I've I've really seen the bulky versions work the best cool. because you can get like uh, you get the stealth rocks out and then you uh, work from there. Plus, anyways, you I love have, like, I love my hidden base. power. Hidden power, good. <laughs> I love hidden power ice hitting like real hard. Oh yeah, I want to hit like a truck. Nice, that's a good. You you've got a hundred thirty base special attack. You don't really need to do much to that. No, no, you can you can make it better, Kamu. <laughs> you could, but like, Agent tell Power. me the investment you need to Oko a Landorus T, because for some reason that wasn't banned, but Landorus Incarnate was. Oh, yeah. Landorus T, well, I can do that real quick. Landorus Incarnate was very, very good. It, it was broke, no it denying was that. Okay, I would just like I'd like to point out to you. I was I was actually talking to my friend about this the other day. Uh, we found we pulled up the usage statistics for uh, for June. 
uh, for each Pokemon. Smogon puts out the usage statistics every month uh, for Pokemon, telling you which ones are the most popular and everything. And so, uh, usually, typically the gap between the usage is only about half a percent or so. But Landorus Therian has, in my opinion, I know somebody's going to be like, no, that's not true, Thatch. Uh, but in my opinion, I think uh, I think Landorus Therian has probably over-centralized the metagame just a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, uh, yeah. Because uh, he was the number one used Pokemon in the month of June. He was used on 23% of all teams. The next Pokemon used uh, was... It was somebody else super popular. Who was it? Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on it. Uh, either way, next popular Pokemon only used on 19% of teams. Oh boy. Mm. So there's a huge gap there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like I would really, I'd totally like to see a metagame where everybody was had a usage of about 20% maximum. Uh, I oh, think yeah. I think Landorus Therian, like I know a lot of people are just like that's only three percent. And I'm just like, well, you know, that's still, like, that's a lot when you're talking about how many people are playing Pokemon, right? Yeah. Uh, 23% of teams, that's a lot of teams that are using Thunderous Theory. Yeah, that's uh, about a good quarter, like, so at every... One out one of four, four teams people, you're going to yeah. run up, run against is going to have a Landorus Theory. Yeah. Landorus is really good, though. It, uh, he it's... is really good, and that, like, I'm not saying that, like, uh, yeah. Sneasel in Little Cup was really good, too. And he wasn't, he wasn't broken... But the problem was he over-centralized the metagame. Yeah. He made it not fun. He made it stale. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that Landorus Therian, if he hasn't already, is at risk of doing in the near future. To OU. Or and I is would... already yeah. doing. Well, uh, there there are reasons why they, we don't necessarily just ban Obviously. things right off the bat. Like Obviously. It's probably keeping other things in check that would normally take over the metagame. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, uh, personally, I'm just getting sick of seeing it all the time, mm-hmm. but in terms of, like, making I, a I think the problem game... is that it's it's both popular in single battles and in VGC at the moment. I think that is literally the problem. Mm, yeah, because and... you don't see a lot of singles Pokemon normally mm-hmm. going into the VGC play. play a lot there. of good singles Pokemon making into the VGC. Yes. Like, you can see some, like, middle-tier stuff, but never, mm-hmm. like... The same to see the same Pokemon topping both the VGC chart and the singles chart is just kind of it's kind of frustrating. Yeah. Um, so uh, Landorus also appears on another big team archetype that we can. Oh, uh, uh, which one do you want to talk about? Well, um, I've been seeing a lot of it recently. Actually, it's uh, Sand. Oh, on Sand. Oh, yeah, yeah. We want to talk about some weather. Weather has like a lot of subgroups, obviously, because mm-hmm. there are four weather conditions. There's hail, sun. Uh, rain and sand, and so uh, we're going to talk, I think, briefly about some sand and about some rain. Yeah, because, because... those are the two more popular ones at the moment. Sun, yeah. somewhat with uh, Mega Charizard Y, but they're all definitely like you can find them, but like the probably the least likely that you'd find is hail. Oh, for sure, because there's yeah. like one hail center. Mm-hmm. And then there's. Uh... Do we um? Do we get hidden power Aurora's yet? What? That was only, or I mean, um, hidden ability Aurorus, because Aurorus is the only other Pokemon that can get Snow Orange. Yeah, and you want Aurorus over Obama Snow Y. That, yeah, you don't, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's more than one Snow Setter. Setting him up for failure. <laughs> yep. Gotta bring that Aurorus. Uh, Gotta bring that Aurorus with that times four weakness to fighting. Yes. Gotta bring that 
going to use that next We know that Pokemon with times four weaknesses to fighting who aren't Bisharp work really well. Totally going to use that next Summer League. <laughs> no, you, you'll probably do just fine. <laughs> who, who's your sand team, Scrub? Um, oh, I, I'm not, I don't have a sand team. I you don't have a sand team? I actually don't. I, <laughs> I have, thought you were going to uh, open up with a core for a sand team. Well, I've got a rain team core. Okay. Uh, because I think I think rain's more fun than sand. You have a lot more to use with rain. Than we, sand. There's also a lot more abilities that like do come up with rain. Uh, you have uh, you'd obviously throw a polytoad on there with maybe a damp rock, so you can get the rain just recycling all the time. Uh, you can I I would go Mega Swampert because Mega Swampert if uh, he I like to think uh, Mega Swampert has the Electivire syndrome. Where Electivire has this like really massive attack stat, but his speed is really low. But you get in the motor drive boost, and then like you're just gone for that game. You're gonna win. Uh, but Mega Swampert has uh, Swift Swim, so in the rain his speed's doubled, so it takes care of the speed conundrum, just like Electivire's motor drive. Uh, and then I also put Ferrothorn on there. Ferrothorn is uh, really good because it covers the rest of their weaknesses pretty well. Uh, grass and. I guess electric, but not really. But Ferrothorn well, is definitely Swamper. is typically seen on a rain team in these situations. You have Swampert for electric, anyways. So. Yeah, that's why that's why I said. Oh, okay. Uh, and so I don't know. Rain teams are a lot of fun because there are a lot, of, definitely a lot of abilities to play with there, right? Uh, yeah, you have Swift got... Swim. You have uh, um, Drizzle. Well, Drizzle, obviously, but you also have uh, what's the other one that I'm thinking Hydration. of? Hydration. Hydration. To cure status abilities, and then uh, there's the other one, Rain Dish, Rain Dish. that heals heals damage. Like uh, Rain got a lot more abilities with it than a lot of these other teams. Yeah, plus mm-hmm. it weakens fire types, so you have the f- mm-hmm. anything that's weak to fire is now like Ferrothorn. <laughs> you have times two instead of times four. Yeah, yeah. And then as uh, well as you also have hundred percent accuracy thunder and hurricane. Mm-hmm. Hurricane is a major benefactor of that. Because it's such oh, a right. it's such a massive like, uh, it is it is the flying type thunder. <laughs> and uh, speaking of hurricane, uh, Pidgeot was recently moved up to borderline from Yu Yu. Ooh, because probably yes. because of this, probably because of rain teams. <laughs> well, um, I mean, it's hurricane is one hundred percent accuracy that's anyway. That's true because he's got no guard, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And that's why it was so good mm-hmm. because it Wait, could check you... a lot of stuff. Mega Pidgeot's uh, like an all right Pokemon. <laughs> Yeah, Mega Pidgeot was in, moved to Borderline. It's in UU right now. I'm looking at it. <laughs> oh, it no, I'm I'm serious. Like it was when it's not when was it moved up to Borderline? One moment. Because it Cause right they, they, they did just now. clear out the Borderline tiers. One moment. I'm working on it. I'm working <laughs> on it. I am furiously, furiously working on it. Yes. Uh, Pidgeotite has been moved from underused to borderline based on a 60.8% oh. yeah, majority due to its over-centralization ability to constrict team building and work around its counters and its high-powered, perfectly accurate hurricanes. Sounds right. Sounds just like yep. Landorus Thunder- Therian. Uh, yep. <laughs> and <laughs> that was a low blow. That was a low blow. I'm just I'm just really salty at Landorus Therian. Right <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to be that salty at Landorus Therian. It's really good. Yeah. Um, Scarf Curem. <laughs> Scarf Curem. Curem. Yeah, Curem Black will uh, speed the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually have uh, an example of a of a sand team, and um, 
it actually may not be as conventional as what you would see, but I've actually I've actually used this one before in some test teams. Okay. It's, um, I use a Mega Tyranitar, and it uh, uses a Dragon Dance variant, which is isn't as prevalent as I think it should be because it it is actually quite good. Dragon Dance Titar. Yes. I think I. Ah, oh, I'm having a back to fourth gen moment. Never mind. Yeah. Uh. And um, what you also have with this uh, is you use a. This is Mega Tyranitar, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then you have a Choice Band Scizor. And, um, CD Scissor is good. It's standard, in a yes. way. And then you have a... This actually is like the weird part, so don't like jump at me for this. A Regenerator Slowbro. No, Regenerator Slowbro is really cool. Yes, I'm like yeah, a I, huge I, fan of Slowbro. It actually works surprisingly well on Sand Teams because of the Regenerator aspect. And yeah. you have like synergy with like the U-turns from uh, Scizor and such. And... It, it has uh, so much coverage with fire blast and ice beam mm-hmm. and psychic moves that it can take out a lot of counters of the of the other ones. Like a... Slowbro is a champ. I think he's really good. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. he's really good. And actually, like you can see, uh, Slowpoke do very well in Little Cup with the. Uh, oh, of course. Same, uh, same uh, actually, I would not say you could see Slowpoke do well in Little Cup. No. Mm-hmm. I've played a lot of Little Cup Scrum. Mm-hmm. Slowpoke is not like 100% there like at all well um, if maybe uh, okay I'm just, I'm just gonna stop there before I dig myself a hole um, I'll help you dig that hole yes. <laughs> I got a shovel here let me pick you up nice. <laughs> well uh, back in my day of 5th gen little cup I used a slowpoke 5th gen little good. cup maybe I never played 5th gen <laughs> little cup uh <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on to the next archetype. Our next archetype that I, uh, we wanted to talk about is hyper offense. These are like teams that are just like sweepers. So and, sweeper kid, <laughs> yeah, it harkens back to the day of sweeper kid, which was like how, that was so many years ago. That was like six years ago. It had to be that like was six early, years ago. Early, it had to be like couple. six years ago. Like that was like one of Sycamore's serious moments, and actually like. Showing that he knew Pokemon to some extent. I think it act- was he actually like legitimately mad because it sounded like it. Uh, we right. were like we couldn't believe that the guy's like, look at my really good team, and he's got like a physical Umbreon. Yeah, I remember that. I remember and that. And I was like, what? What just happened? Uh, what is this? Like, what is this team? Mm-hmm. Uh, we tried to pull Punk. Huh? But either way, uh, we have a good core for like a very uh, a very hyper-offensive team uh, that's actually very popular right now, if I'm not mistaken, right? It's uh, Bisharp Gallade. Yeah, I don't know. I know what popular recently. Yeah, Bisharp Gallade. So what's what's the gist of this, Shaman? What's the gist of the Bisharp Gallade? They pretty much just resist each other's weaknesses is the main thing, because while Bisharp has quad fighting weakness, mm-hmm. Gallade has quad fighting resistance. Mm-hmm. Bisharp's immune to Psyshock and resists flying and ghost and dark moves uh, that Gallade's weak to. It's just I don't good think Gallade has quad he, he doesn't have quad fighting resistance. No. He has, he has, Wait, doesn't he? No, oh, he's he just got there. fighting resistance. Either way, close enough. I think you're thinking Gardevoir. Gardevoir has quad fighting resistance. Even then, I wouldn't take it well, though. Yeah, sure. But even even with these teams, you probably want to see like a suicide lead of some sort, like Azelf. And, you know, you just set up these teams, and you go and you just wail on the other team. Yeah. <laughs> And like that's what you do. That's your job. It's just to wail on them. Yes, it's it's one of the easiest type oh, yeah. of archetypes to use. I mean, it's and... I, I wouldn't say it's easy to use 
I think balance would be the easiest to use. Balance is probably easiest to use. Hyper offense, if you don't know what you're doing, somebody can just shatter your glass cannons real fast. But if you get lucky, you can set that's, up with one Pokemon and then just sweep If you get team. really lucky, Mega Gallade with a Swords Dance will kind of wreck everything. In, like, the early stages of Pokemon, when you're just starting to learn and, like, all of your friends are, like, playing, like, oh, look at this team I have. It's so awesome. And then one of the, your teammates decides to wise up and get a Shell Smash Cloister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would just we say, all like, know that feeling, right? Hyper Offense is a flashy way to win, in a way. Mm-hmm. While balance is, I just would say, the safer option. Yeah. Hyper Offense has a lot more risk-reward. And balance has a lot... It's a much safer option, like Shamu said. Uh, there is one more type of team, which is... Uh, which I think is... Uh, personally, myself, having run a t- team of this type before... Mm-hmm. Uh, against people on Showdown, uh, it's Stall. I think it's a lot of fun because people get really mad... And so, like, um, so, I have a story about back in 6th gen, uh, which is this gen, so I'm current now. Uh, Mega Sableye, I thought was just the coolest thing when I, when, like, I played against one, like, right at the beginning of Auras, and I'm just like, Mega Sableye is really cool, so I built a Mega Sableye team. And so I was just going to town, running Mega Sableye, just stalling everybody out, because nobody knew how to play against Mega Sableye. Um, I think Mega Sableye is also kind of a reason that more people are carrying fairy types. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Because you need a fairy type to take out Mega Sableye. Physical fairy type. Physical fairy type, to be specific. Because if you got Calmine going, it's just not, nothing's going to happen. Yes. And, and so I was, uh, I was running Mega Sableye and I got into just this, like, real bad stall wars with this other guy. And he just got so salty. He's just like, you need to quit stalling. I was like, you're doing the exact same thing. I don't understand. Yeah, it, it's in the game. <laughs> I don't understand. You're stalling just as much as I am. If you don't like it, get out. Yeah. You're stalling I, oh, just okay. as much as I am. I don't understand why you're mad at me. Because he was literally like, stop stalling and fight. I'm just like, you're you're doing this exactly the same thing. This is the best I can do. It's the best strategic decision in, the, yeah. in my repertoire at the time. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to just let you win. Yeah, exactly. That's, and so if you want to run, like, a full-on stall team, I've got I've got a small core for you. Uh, Mega Sableye definitely is just, like, bread and butter. Oh, my gosh. Mega Sableye. Misty will also swear by Mega Sableye as well. It's become, like, quickly her favorite Mega. Especially now that it's, like, fallen down in, like, the OU usage. It's gotten back to that beginning of Auras where uh-huh. it was, like, not very good. And so, like, you still run into the occasional, like, fairy types... Uh, you'll run into the occasional Azumarill, but, like, as soon as you take that out, you're just home free. It's just like mm. running uh, the Dragonite that I've been talking about, like, the one that they were giving away in the event. If you take out all the fairy types, Dragonite's home free. Well, one of the reasons why Sableye is so good is because of magic bounce. Yes, yeah. obviously. So you, you can't, like, stall it, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially. You, yeah, you can't stall it. You can't, I mean, you couldn't get, you could, you can't occasionally get, like, a burn off on it, or a tot, or poison off on it. You can't get toxic, you can get poison on it. If you, uh, if you're running something with, like, a secondary chance, like Skull or something, you can get, yeah. get the burn on it. But, mm-hmm. other than that, like, you can't really do anything. <laughs> yes. And that, that's a problem. That is honestly a problem. 
Well, um, I've always like considered uh, the counterpart to Mega Sableye actually be Mega Slowbro. Mega Slowbro is also really good. Really good, and they're they're they were kind of like the defensive counterparts that just came out in in Ores. Yeah, and they've always been like choose one or the other. Now Sableye tends to be preferred, I think. Yes, but uh, just because Slowbro... magic bounce over shell armor. Slowbro is really good. They, you can run definitely very similar sets on the two of them. Uh, you can also run Skarmory. Skarmory's a great wall. Um, you can also, like, when you're stalling, you're just going for walls. Like, that's what you're doing. And you're trying to cover everybody's weaknesses. You're just being, like, super bulky. Uh, Chansey is another good one for special defense. And... Also, um, with Skarm for a second. Mm-hmm. Like, the only ways that even deal with Sableye are just, just be, keep beating it. Or setting up. Mm-hmm. And if your opponent sets up, you have Skarm to Whirlwind. Exactly. So just, like, just deal with that. Mm-hmm. And then you also kind of have the Ghost and Normal co- core with Chansey and Sableye. Mm-hmm. And Chansey and... Oh, core. my gosh. Ghost Normal is such a fun Though core. Low Pony is still a thing. Yeah, Low Pony, low pony is a thing, but I don't think it's... Uh, the usage is very much down. Yeah, um, well, one of the things to know whenever you do use a stall team is that its weakness is that it tends to be very slow mm-hmm. because you don't have like the u-turns and the volts you have to be just... like super patient mm-hmm. super it takes patient. time it takes time takes time and but it's let me tell you it is worth it when your opponent rage quits it is worth it 100 percent uh but yeah yeah, uh, I do have to say hyper offense has probably been nerfed a little bit because of the baton pass clause at it. Thank God. But you know, other than that, I think all of these are very viable cores to think about when you're building a team because there's different play styles, obviously. And I know, do know a lot of people like to play balance most times. But if you want to try something a little bit different, like stall or or uh, what was I telling you? stall or hyper offense might be fun, or even weather. Uh, the weather, I think, is definitely losing popularity. Yeah. It kind of got nerfed after, was it, 5th gen? Yeah, it's definitely yeah. nerfed now, but that's good, because weather was yeah, really it rampant. Yeah, it was, it was literally just weather and nothing but weather. Yeah, it was just weather in 5th gen, because... If only was, Trick Room was like that. Because Drizzle would just initiate all weather all the time. Same Trick Room is uh, another example of a team archetype, actually. That's true, that's true. That's... Trick Room is a thing. It's much more prevalent in VGC, but you can see it in singles as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the most viable in singles, sadly. It was good in, I mean, it was decent in 5th gen, but mm-hmm. now it's kind of just, everything has a scarf, and also, you've got a town flame and everything. You've got priority everywhere. Priority breaks uh, Trick Room, as a yes. Yeah. And Yes. It makes Trick Room kind of just... That ruins Trick Room. In a way, yeah. I'm, like, I'm I'm looking at Trick Room as of now, but I just it's hard to make it good. Mm-hmm. The Hoopa well, Bound. If, if Hoopa you do Bound. decide to do Trick Room, uh, Kafa Grigis is really good. Yeah, yeah, he is. Kafa Grigis yes. is pretty good, but you still have that low HP to deal with. Mm. And Knock Off and Sucker Punch, and even though you're more of a status, there's a lot of things that can screw you over. Especially now again with Hoopa, with Hyperspace Fury. Mm-hmm. Like with a hundred base power, as well as a hundred what sixty base attack. I don't even know if Kafuriki is going to withstand that. Probably not. But if you're in a if you're in a trick room, he can definitely. Yeah, you can probably burn it beforehand in a way. Well, you could but also. He's he's like Hoopa and Bound is like incredibly glass cannon. 
Like, not deoxygen attack glass cannon, but he's glass cannon. Physically, yes. Especially not really. But either way, let's let's move on uh, and go to the commercial break. Uh, <laughs> Indeed. Let's move on to the commercial break. So we'll catch you guys on the flip-flop. Have your legs been wiggling to get groovy? Do you need some music in your life? Well, bookie on over to Ludicolo's Dance Hall to get your shake on. Well, you don't need a pineapple on your head to get funky. Happy hour at five o'clock. Pokemon the episode. And welcome back. Our Pokemon of the episode this week is National Dex 604, Electros, the Elephish Pokemon. They crawl out of the ocean using their arms. They will attack prey on shore and immediately drag it into the ocean. Wait, do they have arms? Oh, they do have arms. <laughs> Guess that. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally arms. Yeah. Well, Those are definitely arms. Yeah, definitely arms. We could, we could just go ahead and start here and say that Electros is my third favorite Pokemon. <laughs> oh, third favorite. we're going to ruin it. <laughs> uh-huh. Why? Well, um, uh, ever since it was first released, I, I felt uh, an attachment to uh, Electros. I, I don't know why. I I just I'm feel. Super sad. I, I I just feel like it's it's like destiny, you know. I I literally just realized that it learns Power Up Punch, but it learns none of the Elemental punches, and that makes yeah. me sad. If it learned the Elemental punches, it'd probably be better than it is. It has a. Uh, Drain it does punch learn and wild it fire punch. What? Did I miss that? Yes, you did. No, oh, it does learn fire punch. And thunder not, punch. And thunder punch, but no ice punch. And focus and, punch. And drain wow. punch. I dropped the ball there. <laughs> get, get <rest>. <laughs> oh boy, <coughs> it's it's not a big deal. Ice punch is the only one that matters anyway. <laughs> That's a hundred percent true. Who runs fire punch? Uh-huh. At that point, you just run HP ice. Yes. Well, oh God. Um, talking about Electros, um, on the topical side, its shiny yeah. form is really cool. Is it? Yeah. Oh man. Like Any, anybody who has faced my gym team knows knows that this is a fact. Oh, that is a fact. Look at that. It is. It is beautiful. Uh, in a competitive sense, it has a lot of stuff it can do, but um, it's pretty much confined to a single set because of what tier it's in, and it is in the RU tier currently. Mm-hmm. And um, that tier is primarily spe- that uh, set is primarily special, uh, although it does make an exception to accommodate knockoff, uh, mainly to deal with uh, Combine Meloettas. But uh, the special uh, aspect revolves around being a, an early to middle, middle game pivot with Volt Switch, Mm-hmm. And it will also uh, use moves such as Giga Drain to counter many common Pokemon in the tier, such as Rhyperior and Seismitoad. And it also generally runs Flamethrower to deal with... Uh, What's his other... usage in the RU tier? Um, it's a, it's about middle, honestly. Is uh, it? And uh, Flamethrower deals with Pokemon like Durant and Amoongus and such. I don't think with such utility he'd be used more. Well, um... The problem with Electros is that it has four four move slot syndrome, and it doesn't get the 
kind of recovery it needs other than just like Giga Drain. And you basically have to run Assault Vest on it if you want to use it as a pivot. Hmm. That will have longevity. Maybe put it on a team with a wish support. Oh, um, well, yeah. Uh, the best option for that would probably be Aromatis. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's very common in the tier, mm-hmm. and it can help also with uh, supporting such as Heal Bell, because Electros is vulnerable to status, uh, such as Burn and Poison. Uh, not so much vulnerable to entry hazards because of its typing, mm-hmm. but yes, the status is a problem. Uh, there are ways to run it entirely physical. Uh, it learns Coil. It has uh, hmm. aqua, aqua Tail. It has a lot of really cool coverage moves. But like, Coil's just... really cool, then. Like, yes. Coil's a good move. It is yes. a good move. Yeah. And but... he gets Fire Punch. So... Yeah. <laughs> oh, but you, here we come. If you do use Coil, though, you negate the possibility of Assault Vest, which does somewhat weaken you. Mm-hmm. For the defensive spectrum, that's generally why uh, special sets are more common. Though you do also, even for special, you can run Super Fang if you really want. Yes, Super, Super Fang, Fang is, is so, so much fun. That is definitely a possibility. It, there is there is no no kidding that it breaks pretty much any wall because oh, yeah. there's half your HP gone. It's just Electros's biggest weakness mm-hmm. is that it needs all of its moves to be acting towards its purpose yeah. because it it. It just needs to be able to deal with everything. Uh, fortunately, it has Levitate combined with Electro- Electric, which makes it technically the only Pokemon with no weaknesses now. Yeah. That in its evolutionary line, which is a very, very notable trait. Unless you're running Gravity, because everybody runs Gravity. Uh, I, I faced a... I, I think Wave Bomber had a Gravity team. That's and cool. He beat, I, I think he beat me with that. That's actually really cool. Yeah, it was it was pretty neat. Um, um, not much about like Electros, other than that. Well, that's quite a bit. Um, no, no, you talked quite a bit about all of its great like little things. Yeah, and... if you decide to face me this uh, upcoming week, I'll I'll pop in a few times. Uh, my Electros actually runs an Acid Spray set, speak <laughs> so I can since I'm the Poison Poison Gym. So. Uh, oh, I do think a majority of us gym leaders are, as a heads up, going to be on the chat more often this week since it is the last week. Yes. I'll probably be I'll be on the whole week. I don't know if I'll be taking challenges exactly every single day, but mm-hmm. I'll try to take at least a couple challenges here and there. If you annoy Shamu enough, he'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> if you annoy me enough, I'm not going to do it. That's the reaction. <laughs> I just oh. prefer not to do same day rematches though. That's my only kind of yeah thing. I, on the other hand, will do same day rematches. Do we have any uh, trivia, or did we already... The it, trivia is that it has no weakness. That's it. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so, uh, yeah. If you want to know more about Electros, you can go check out Scrons in the Meta article this week. Uh, if you want to check out any other cool things, though, in the meantime, you can go check out BucklePodcast.com. All of the writers have like awesome stuff they put up there weekly, so check that out. Um, I'd actually like to make uh, an announcement. Um uh, I'm actually going to, for the foreseeable future, I'm not going mm-hmm. to be doing any new in-the-metas, per se. Mm-hmm. So we're actually going to be looking for a new competitive writer for the site. So you can expect the application on the site to be posted uh, very soon. Uh, and mm-hmm. we'll review your work and see if we can bring you on. Uh, 
I may come back to it if nobody jumps on the opportunity. Mm -hmm. But uh, in my uh, in the time that I would normally do in the meta, uh, we're actually going to start a biweekly trivia competitions on the Puckle website. Yeah. So uh, come and check those out. We'll have prizes, tangible or Pokemon. Probably Pokemon to begin with. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I still have all these, You uh, what are the Pokemon online codes? Mm. Oh, I've got nice. like 20 of them. That's got... a good one. Well, we could well, do like a... Looks like 15, actually. We'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, so that's it for Pokemon of the episode. We're going to kick it over to the mailbag. For the mailbag, send in your emails. The mail's here. Check your inbox. It's time for the mailbag. Mail. And on to the mailbag. Our mailbag, as always, is brought to you by Green Toros, the energy drink that gives you hooves. Hooves. I what? did it. What? <laughs> I, I, I did the thing. No, you, I, I did the thing. I, I, I said hooves right, right as when you said hooves. Oh, okay. Either way, uh, if we determine that somebody is good enough or is worthy enough of the Green Toros badge, we'll be um, handing it out. So let's see. Let's see. Um... We have, we have a lot of them today, We have a lot so. of emails because our mailbag question last time was, uh, what is your favorite competitive Pokemon? And apparently people like talking about this. So let's send in our email. Let's open up our first email. This first one is from uh, Mega Man. Dear Thatch and assorted co-hosts, Mega Man here to comment on the ever-growing Puckle community. I want to know what Smogon tier you most often play in. Uh, Little Cup OU. <laughs> Done. Um, I, I, I actually like RU a lot. RU is yeah. fun. In the RPG club at the college I go to, we have RU tournaments because we think it's the f- best here. Uh, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm only really experienced with like OU and a little bit of Little Cup. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's not much I really know. I play in Ubers, and I have a Gale Wings, Talonflame, Mega Mewtwo X, Primal Kyogre, Xerneas, and my favorite, Toxic Stall, Ridiculous. Unless you come, unless you set up or come prepared, it's very tough to take him down. I was once able to take down Rayquaza, Quagsire, Ludicolo, and a Mega Sal- and took a Mega Salamence's Draco Meteor to the face, and then took him down. Once again, I see that Steel and Poison types have the advantage, as Poison nor Steel types can be hit with Toxic. I see that Agron and Nidoking are coming back into competitive play solely to nerf fairy types. Or just Xerneas and Uber since no one uses any other fairy type. And Toxic Stallers. I see it just as another rotation in the metagame, as the metagame shifted from dragon types to fairy types and now poisoned and steel. I predict that to nerf poison and steel, more ground types will show up, as well as psychic and fire types. I feel that it's, it's kind of like the red and blue metagame with psychics like Alakazam and Mewtwo, Fire with Charizard, and ground with Nidoking King and Nidoking, Queen, but that's just what I've heard since I'm only 13. I mean, the red and blue metagame was, like, super unbalanced. You just run Psychic types and you win all the time. Yes. Uh, it's like, it's a chancy. It's a... Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, I guess that's it for me. Sincerely, sincerely, Mega Man. Yeah. 
I I concur with his thoughts on poison types being overpowered. Yeah. They aren't. No, they're not overpowered. No. Because you get earthquake is you still have the earthquake, which is I wouldn't say the most common move, but it's fairly common. So Shamu, like... I'm I'm concurring because I like poison types. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, Shamu, get this next one from uh, Billabones. You Billabones. All right. Sup, fools. No, no respect. No respect at all. Wow. Before I tell you my favorite competitive Pokemon, you should probably know that even though I've been a fan of Pokemon since the anime was originally on, UPN and not Kids WB or Cartoon Network. Okay, time out. UPN is a Chicago-only station that literally just played, like, it was owned by uh, Warner Brothers at the time and actually would just play Kids WB shows. Ti- time in. I've actually only taken competitive battle seriously since about this time last year, and if you only understood the massive amount of information that I've had to digest about competitive battling, I've basically had to have 15 years of catch-up. I was also, oh wait, I was so blind and ignorant about competitive battling that I didn't know that nationals were regularly held in Indianapolis. Plot twist. I live in a city called Anderson, Indiana. It's an hour drive from Naptown. Time out. Uh, Anderson, Indiana, much closer to Muncie. You should have just said that. Napanee is way farther away. Time in. <laughs> I swear to you. Oh, I think, I know, I think I know who this is. Keep going. I swear to you I'm a fan. I just haven't taken a significant interest in competitive battling up until now. That being said, I stumbled on your podcast a couple of months ago in trying to learn more about competitive battling, and I've listened to every week since then. It was because of the fluffiest Whimsicott that I explored Whimsicott a little deeper. Eventually, I created a team around a subseed Whimsicott, and as of now, it's legitimately my favorite competitive Pokemon when it works. I know people hate subseeders, but I can't help it. When it works, it works so good, and nothing, legitimately nothing, made me happier than owning some Wi-Fi player with an extremely predictable OU team with a subseed Whimsicott. What good does your Mega Kangaskhan do when you can't land a punch? Mm-hmm. One more thing, it's only fair that I tell you that my least favorite po- least favorite fighting Pokemon is, and it's not even the Pokemon, it's the ability. Remember how I told you I, I'm relatively how I told you I'm relatively new to the competitive Pokemon battle scene? I quickly learned what, that Magic Bounce ruins lives. Never forget about Magic Bounce, especially more than once. <laughs> Thanks for reading. Keep up the good work, guys. You're one of the only a handful of podcasts that I listen to every week. So you guys are doing something right. Until next time, Billabones. Yeah. Nice. Um... All right. Uh, you get okay. this next one from Sublime Manic. I've got it. How now, Trainer Thatch and Company? It's Sublime Manic back with a vengeance against short emails because it shouldn't fall to the fluffiest Whimsicott to do it al- alone. Also, shoutouts to Scrawn and or Viger if they're there because writer solidarity. Woot woot! It has been a long while since I wrote into the mailbag, but I was very busy doing exhausting training with TFA, which has finally paid off. I have fully evolved into a fully employed teacher of social studies. Hopefully I'll be super effective at combating educational inequality. (laughs) 
Said training took place during PuckleCon, which is why I was unable to attend, but this new evolution in my life has me back in my home state of Texas, which is definitely much closer and makes attending next summer a much realer possibility. Yay, teacher vacation. If he comes, I'm going to hug him. Oh, yeah. I think we all want to do that. <laughs> What's my favorite competitive Pokemon? Bearing in mind that I only play the VGC format, I'd have to put in a nomination for Bisharp. Although not my very favorite Pokemon ever, it is among my favorites, being a dark type and possessing an anatomy with the primary purpose of cutting those that cross it. <laughs> Can't forget its ruthlessness as described in the Pokedex entries, either which I respect. Either which I respect. It's why I'm a cat person instead of a dog person. But back to the... But back to its praiseworthy qualities in the VGC rather than what makes Bisharp an enduring Pokemon in general. In a format where to intimidate is indisputably the most influential ability, having Defiant is a tremendous boom. Just having Bisharp on your team, even without you necessarily bringing it every battle, forces your opponents into mind games. It discourages them from bringing their intimidators and punishing them if you, they do. This also means having Bisharp on your team makes having other physical attackers easier. Also, its typing is fantastic in this format. Not only is Bisharp one of very few dark types not weak to fairy types thanks to its steel typing, but it is also one of very few steel types that still resists dark and ghost type attacks thanks to its dark typing. And it even goes a step further by checking most fairies which have a much lower physical defense than special defense for Bisharp to exploit with its iron head. And its four times weakness to fighting is substantially substantially less prevalent this year because of those very fairy types Bisharp beats. Can't forget its stabs, sucker punch, the original reason, alongside Defiant, it started being used in the VGC since Bisharp's inception, which forces opponents into even more mind games and lets Bisharp get past its middling speed tier. It's also better this year than ever before because of knockoff. Its impact on the metagame is real. Cresselia now goes bold more often than calm just to be better survive Bisharp's knockoff, with which it with with which with a defiant boost can one hit KO most calm Cresselia. Also, it has really good synergy with Mega Salamence, which I know y'all loved seeing at PuckleCon. We totally hated it. <laughs> Don't wear socks with flip-flops. Sublime Manic. <laughs> oh, that's... Oh, let it home. Don't wear socks with flip-flops. But that's the best way to wear flip-flops. Guilty. <laughs> All right. I've got this next one uh, from Henry. Hey, Thatch and co-host. It's Henry again. And unless you guys can come up with a good name, good nickname, I'll just stick with Henry for now. Uh, about the mailbag, you asked what is about what my single favorite competitive Pokemon is, assuming you mean competitive as in using it in battle, not the ability, it's Weavile. It's extremely frail, but it can Oko and 2KO uh, most many threats in the OU metagame. Its ice typing is very useful, as many threats like Garchomp, Landorus Therian, Thunderous, Tornadus Therian, etc. are all weak to it. I'd like to point out, he named all three genies. Uh, <laughs> however, the dark typing is also very useful as the Laddies and Gengar are all checked by Pursuit, a base 40 power move. On on top of that, it gets access to knockoff, which is arguably the best move in the competitive in competitive battling. Weavile can also run low kick, taking out Tyranitar and Bisharp, or Poison Jab, which helps its fairy weakness. 
I've had many battles where opponents Latios take out one of my Pokemon with Draco Meteor, and I bring in Weavile, predict the switch, and use Pursuit to take it out. Also, I've had a few times where someone brings in a, a Mega Gardevoir to my Weavile, only to have it faint to a Poison Jab. However, it does have its weaknesses, such as Conkledor, Scissor, Bulky Water-types, Keldeo, Skarmory, Stealth Rock, and Fast Scarfers, to list a few. But unless your opponent brings a team with all of those Pokemon, Weavile can still put in a lot of work. However, if you're still talking about the ability competitive, my favorite Pokemon is Melodic. I use it a lot in VGC, with Intimidate being so popular. Common Intimidators such as Landorus T and Megamance are two-hit two KO'd by Icy Wind. That's pretty much all I have to say. Keep up the good work, and I love the podcast. Alright, who wants the next one from Brychuck? I can take. I'll take whatever. Take no, it. I'll take it. Let me take it. I'll take it. Okay. Hi, Fuckle. I'm pretty excited to hear what the crew had planned for, planned for the competitive Pokemon episode, and thought I'd throw in my two cents. My top choice for competitive Pokemon would have to be Talonflame. I played Red and I played Red Blue Hack back in the day. Wait. Oh wait, no. I played Red Blue Black in the day. Ah. I played red and blue back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Can't English. And didn't play again until 6th gen. Though a lot of the Pokemon in today's metagame were new to me. In my first playthrough of Pokemon Y, I picked up a Fletchling that was a, mis a mainstay in my party and eventually Talonflame my primary fire and flying type. After beating the game and gaining access to the IV checker, I found out the Fletchling I caught in the wild had a 31 IVs in attack. Even better, once I learned about more about breeding, it was a pleasant surprise to find out my out flame body speeds up the hatching process. With Fly, I still use it today as my primary Pokemon when breeding for IVs. At the time, Talonflame Garchomp Duo was what was what all of the cool competitive Poke Kids were running. So through my friend Safari and many laps around the Mio's Tower, a five IV. Adamant Galewing's level 1 Fletchling was the first Pokemon I bred from scratch that was, com was competitively viable. Talonflame might seem like a vanilla choice given how popular it is, but it's a great Pokemon that you don't have to waste your Mega Evolution on. And it's surprisingly versatile, depending on what you're running as Scron has illustrated on in the meta. In addition to its perks to the breeding process, that's hard to overlook. Keep up the good work, Brichuk. Brightchuck, maybe. I don't Brightchuck? know how to pronounce it. I don't know. Brightchuck. All right. Uh, next one yeah. is from... Yeah, this is Breeder, Breeder Simyo. Simyo. I finally got caught up on my backlog of episodes and had to share my only Digimon story a week late. Many years ago, when I was in college, I lived a vampiric lifestyle, sleeping during the day and partying slash doing schoolwork at night. So one night, as I was being... As I was working on a paper, Adult Swim was playing in the background. It ended, and the morning cartoons came on, including Digimon. I remember being pulled away from my work when they showed up at an auditorium for a contest, only to realize they had been lied to. However, it was the quote that, quote that struck with me. This place is deadlier than a save-by-the-bell convention. In my sleep-deprived state, it was one of the funniest things I had ever heard. As far as my favorite competitive poke, I'd have to go with Sally Demance. I'd 
became the adopted parent of her when my friend got rid of his copy of Y and I held her in my bank till he got Ruby. I signed up for one of the online contests and needed a Salamence. I found her in my bank and I figured he wouldn't mind getting her back leveled up, so I went with it. He taught her fly and I thought that was dumb, but I saved, saved me on some of those beginner matches with a cheap avoidance and stab attack. I've since bred my own Sally without the need for fly. Flippity to the flop, Breeder Simeo. FYO, FYI, don't consider me for the Green Tauros badge. I earned it like eight months ago or so. <laughs> I'm a total slacker for not putting in for it. I doubt this one would be considered for it, but I didn't want to take away from someone else's nomination. All right. All right. So our next one is from Celebrandas. Hey, Puckle Crew, Celebrandas again. As a result of your uh, refusal to turn off the Lavender Town theme over the speakers on the radio tower, I've declared war on the tower. My vengeance will be swift (laughs) as soon as I can train up a team and organize any other revolutionaries I can. I can find. Uh, Viva la revolution. Viva la revolution, Paco! In in regards to the mailbag question, I don't really have a favorite competitive Pokemon or any good competitive stories. Instead, I'll tell you about the game I'm playing. Those who are active in the chat probably know the woes of playing a blue hack called Blue Kaizo. The running joke is this hack was designed by Sid from Toy Story because the wilds on routes are insanely varied. The route maps are changed into mazes that force you to fight every trainer whose Pokemon rosters were beefed up to include fully evolved Pokemon as soon as possible. And you need to grind at least 10 levels between every gym. It's even harder because I'm nuzlocking it and I've managed to kill my past three catches. The route after Pewter, Mount Moon, and the route before Cerulean. I have no counters to Misty outside of my Paris that is quite literally slower than Christmas. Oh, and the rival starter is Mew, and he gets several dragons and an Alakazam. Wish me luck. Viva la revolution. Celebrantas. Uh, next one is from uh, Link Lost Uke. I'll take this. Okay. Hey, Thatch and the Puckle Batch. Link Lost Uke here. Back to answer the reflective question posed in the week prior. I've missed you guys. I've been absent from Puckle for the last couple of months, which has been sad, but I'm back now. To cut a long story short, I've been super busy and haven't had a car and therefore been able, been unable to listen to the podcast. Don't headphones exist? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Either way, I understand. Yeah. Car riding with podcasts is fun. I may expand on what, or I may expand on that throughout the email, or at least, or at a later date, but let's talk positives. I've had eight podcasts to listen to this week. One on the way to work, one on the way home, best week of work travel ever. I really enjoyed the topics over the past little while, so I figured that I'd sum up a few mailbag questions all together. I've been a fan of Pokemon since I saw the anime in the late 90s. My first taste of the video game was when a family friend got me dodgy 42 games in one game cart, which contained Pokemon Blue, Red, and Yellow. My journey started with Blue, and at the time, I had no idea what I was going to, or I was doing. I do remember doing the missing no glitch, but not a lot else. Silver was where I fell at. I fell in love with the video games, and although that love has been at different intensities over the years, it's still there to this day. I first came across Puckle on iTunes about nine months ago when looking for podcasts to listen to on my way to work. I was hooked to the podcast for my first episode, and after a while, I decided to sign up and be active in the community. I feel that the podcasts are just getting better and better, so keep up the good work. Playing through the games, I never nicknamed my Pokemon. That was until I started playing competitively. For some reason, I felt I needed to have my team nicknamed, 
in live competitive play. Either na either name my Pokemon on other thing they like, or get my girlfriend to name them. It's a starting point for her getting into Pokemon. For instance, these were some of the nicknames I gave Pokes for my national team. Hariyama, named Chumley, which was named by my girlfriend. Charlie. Fisharp. Charlie. Charlie, Charlie, same thing. <laughs> Fisharp, the Panics, named after the band of a same name who had hit with Don't Fight It. Venusaur. I don't even... Sloane? Sloane. Sloane. Okay. Named after an Australian rules football player. Lando T. Killed Mufasa after a scar from the Lion King. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Speaking of nationals, PokoCon sounded and looked awesome. I was never going to be able to come seeing that I live in another country, but I really wish I was there. It was great to hear how much goes on at U.S. Nationals. It sounded like you had more going on than we did at Australian Nationals, which is to be expected. Anyway, for this week's mailbag, I've been playing competitively in singles since Gen 5 and VGC since Gen 6. My favorite Pokemon from my singles days would be my level 130 Magnemite. <clears throat> it held an Orenberry and new Recycle Toxic Protect and Endure. Yes. Better I than Orenberry isn't, uh, isn't Berry, Berry Juice, Juice better? Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. Berry juice is uh, superior because it heals 20. But as for a uh, competitive story, I really enjoyed going to live VGC events. The thing I enjoyed most about these events, or those events, is meeting new people and just having fun being around so many people who share my passion for Pokemon. It sounds really corny, but that's what I enjoy. Well, that's it for me today. Sorry for the long email. Until next time, Link Lost Duke out. Boom. Okay, so the next one's Wave Bomber. This is uh, for you, Scron. Yep. Greetings, Puckle Peeps and other denizens of the net. Wave Bomber here, checking in this Sunday morning at the very last minute, as I have a tendency to do. I'm about to hit the hay after spending the entire night rolling on the floor laughing at raunchy comedy anime and crafting prototype Pokemon teams from whatever's lying around in my PC in preparation for the remainder of the Summer League tournament. I've got eight badges already, but I'm going for all ten, and I plan on securing my second championship title here at Puckle next week. Now, I like a good challenge, so y'all better bring your A-game, you hear? Alright, this is Scrawn speaking. Everyone get in there fight. Do it. Speaking of the Summer League, one of my favorite competitive Pokemon that I'm very likely to use in the tourney is Breloom. This kickboxing Rooshroom is like the Little Mac of Pokemon. It ain't no air fighter, a cacophonous flock of Talonflame guffaw in the distance, <laughs> but the technical technical tools at its disposal are pretty potent. 100% accurate snooze inducer and spore, a powerful priority in mock punch, multi-hitting sash and sturdy breaking move in bullet seed, boosting move in sword stance, and even speed dropping anti-air in rock tomb. I traditionally like to equip my Breloom with a focus sash and I preserve it as an emergency button with which to shut down opposing sweepers or to seal my victory at the end of a match. However, I've been meaning to give the life orb Swords Dance set a spin for a while. But hey, who knows? I might discover some other effective combination of cute and creepy competitive critters to draft into the tourney, and old Loom will end up warming the bench. Only time will tell. Speaking of time, here's my cue to segue into emphasizing how late in the morning it is, and I still haven't gone to bed. 7.45am for the chronologically curious. 
I said a flip flop, the flippity flippy, the flippy to the flip flop flop. A you don't stop the rocket to the bang bang boogie. Say you jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie the beat. Wave bomber. <laughs> okay then. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> All right. So our next one is from uh, our my favorite Polish person. Our, what's what's favorite poll? I don't want to say that because it like it's like a poll, you know. I'm Polish as well, but I don't know. Either way, ahoy, Captain Thatch and all the Puckle Oil Taker crew. Sorry, I've just listened to the bonus live show episode again, <laughs> and re- recently, and I couldn't just, and I just couldn't help myself. It's your favorite overly pompous, long-winded email writing, kind of Gen Oneer, but not really from Poland, unless you're Scissor Kick. Then I'm Scottish, apparently. Zarni. I've been pretty occupied with the adult work stuff since the last time I wrote in. But when I heard there was a competitive Pokemon episode coming up, I simply had to sit down and write another email. I'm not much of a gamer, really, and even when it comes to Pokemon, I had mostly been what you might call, uh, filthy casual. <laughs> I did breed an IV train in my game in SoulSilver way back when. I really had way too much time on my hand in those days, but it wasn't until I stumbled upon a video from the 2013 VGC World Championships that I got hooked on the competitive aspect of the game. The intensity of the final match, the excitement of the commentators' voices, and the lively crowd reactions were simply captivating. The very next day, I started doing some extensive research, learned about Smogon and Showdown, and built my first OU team. I don't even remember which Pokemon were on it exactly, but the first player I encountered actually complimented me on how well the team was built. Even though I, a total novice, somehow managed to defeat him in the end, he didn't seem upset, but rather congratulated politely and wished me luck in my future battles. I was pretty astounded and pleasantly surprised since the prevailing stereotype of the competitive player is a mostly smack-talking, arrogant poo-poo head. I would use another term, but I do realize this is a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> I love that he put that in there. Obviously, the rare example of a player fitting the stereotype does crop up from time to time, which brings me to another battle I've had recently, memorable for quite a different reason. I was testing out a Mega Zard-wide VGC team for my opponent, and my opponent seemed a little impatient from the very start rushing me to choose my team faster. He seemed annoyed when I l- took time choosing my mo- choosing moves, but when I predicted his pretty obvious Greninja switch in and took it down with Solar Beam is when all hell broke loose. I told you I needed to learn how to play the game. The B word, both F-words and noob were used repeatedly, the last one being hilariously unoriginal since my showdown name is Newbie McNuberson. <laughs> kick. There's your Scottish accent, I guess. The... The childish tantrum over that one that one play made was so unlike anything I've witnessed previously that I honestly didn't know whether to feel shocked or genuinely, genuinely amused. I wish you had the link to that battle. I would watch that. I would too. Uh, That'd be great. Fortunately, I haven't come across a situation like that since, and the time has only showed me that competitive Pokemon players are fun-loving, awesome bunch of people who deeply appreciate the game. Even my two radically different stories just go to show the diversity that can be found within the community. I would encourage everyone to try competitive battling if they haven't already. It's really worth it, even if you face the risk of encountering a smack-talking salty troll. Anyway, the mailbag question also mentioned my favorite competitive Pokemon, but I have to admit I don't really have one. Back in 2014, I really enjoyed using Sableye in the VGC since Prankster is such a great ability, but now that Thunderous and Whimsicott are allowed, it's not as good of a support mod anymore. It That's it for me, I guess. <laughs> hmm? It has taken the main spotlight. That's so. true. Uh-huh. That's it for me, I guess. I bid you farewell now from the towering mountains of Poland. 
where just this past week, rescue teams repeatedly had to save people who had gone hiking in shorts and flip-flops during, during a storm warning. Thanks for being awesome, Zarni. Alright, so we've got two more. So our next one is from Sneasels. I'll take this. There are a lot of good competitive Pokemon out there, see typical VGC team. But I'm flawed in the sense that the inner hipster in me, I stay away from them because everyone else is using them. I like to use competitively fun Pokemon, and mainly my favorites instead. Weavile, is, of course, is awesome, as it hits hard, but pretty much runs runs at everything that it can't one-shot. Sigilyph is fun to use, as you have no idea what the heck it's going to do next. Flame Orb, Sy Flame Orb Synchronize? Call Mind Sword Power? I also appreciate using odd moves that's on Pokemon that no one expects. Like, for example, did you know Zothbuck learns Thunder Wave? What? Prize your... <laughs> that could be pretty cool. If it does. I think, I'm assuming it does. Mm-hmm. Um. Or surprise your opponent with a Calm Mind Entei, just for kicks. Personally, though, my favorite competitive Pokemon has to be Cofferdrigus. It has stellar defenses, and exists only to be a middle finger to attackers when they... When they are burned and shut down. Ability Mummy robs the opponents of their abilities, so anything that relies on it, almost all, to work. Isn't going to do much. Oh, you want to boost your stats and take it out? Nope. Haze. I'm not one for such defensive tactics, but Comfort is the exception, and I do enjoy watching the line of physical attackers go down at the hands of Deep Purple by Comfort Peace, love, and poffins. Sincerely, Sneasels. Order your free vegetarian starter kit. <laughs> the same one he, he always has it at the end of his emails. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, you've got this last one then, Scrum, yes. from, uh, from Hanakane. Hey again, Puckle. I'm back with a shorter email this time around, as I usually tend to write them on the larger side of the spectrum. As far as competitive Pokemon go, I'm currently all about Mega Beedrill. Ever since Red and Blue first came out, I was drawn to its design. I've always thought that real live wasps looked like futuristic mini-robot warriors, so a wasp Pokemon was a no-brainer for me. Couple that with the fact that Twin Needle, to my recollection, was the only super effective attack against psychic types at the time, and you have perfection. Sounds about right. Except, of course, it wasn't perfection. <laughs> its abysmal-based stats, inferior speed, and poison typing meant that Beedrill would get one and KO'd by Alakazam before it could even muster a single hit. Beedrill was never competitively viable. Until now, that is. After all those years in the backseat, the advent of Mega Beedrill signals a fresh for wasp fresh start for Wasp-like warrior. Its speed is insane, and now U-Turn gets a boost from adaptability, making Beedrill a terrifying wallbreaker. Not least, its poison jab often won at KO's fairy types, which are so prevalent now. And to top that off, it has by far the coolest looking design of any Mega right now. Sorry, Blaziken and Lucario. It's not without its faults, of course. Its move pool is not exactly diverse. It still has horrendous defensive stats, making it the archetypal glass cannon, and its typing leaves it vulnerable to one at KO's all over the field. And let's not forget about Stealth Rocks. Lack of a spinner means Beedrill dies after a couple of switches without even ever being hit by the enemy. Nevertheless, if used well, U-Turn can help you put the opponent under pressure time and time again, frustrating them immensely and giving you the momentum needed for the late-game sweep. So that's my two cents for the mailbag. Other than that, I'd like to ask for some recommendations if you have the time. It's my birthday next Saturday, and I just bought myself a white 
Wii U as a present. It should be arriving within the next couple of days, and I'm super psyched. I got the Mario Kart 8 package and also bought Mario Party 10 to play with friends, but what I'd like to know is which other titles each of you would recommend. Ooh. So I'm going to pop like, in here. Wait, are we say, talking about, we're talking just about like Wii U in general, yes. right? Yeah. Splatoon. Smash. Splatoon, for sure, and Smash. Um, yeah, those are the big ones. Those are, those are two really big ones. On top of what he's got, though, uh, I mean, if you're going to play with something like Friends, I honestly wouldn't go with Mario Party 10, just saying, and I would actually go with Nintendo Land, but I'm assuming you got it with the Wii U, hopefully. Um, you already bought it, so... Yeah, I'm, well, not all of them come with uh, Nintendo Land anymore, fun fact. Um, yeah, they don't, I don't have it, so... And so, it's a... Uh, so if you don't have Nintendo Land, like get Nintendo Land. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. I I mean I I liked all of the Mario games, like the two D side scrollers, but I just like two D like I just downloaded the original Super Mario Brothers on my DS the other day. World is also pretty decent. Yeah, Sh- Shovel Knight. <laughs> Shovel Knight is pretty good, but it's, it's kind of a. It could be a rage inducing. That's game. an indie game. I mean, you could also play that on your three DS. Also, I'm thinking yeah. Wii U. Uh huh. All right. Continuing the mailbag, I'm into most of the big franchises such as Super Mario, Kirby, Zelda, and so on. But I'm also trying out games that I've never played before. And if you think they're w- and if you think they're worth it, as for big games like Splatoon and Smash Bros, <laughs> I have to say I'm not convinced. But I'd be more than happy to hear why I'm wrong. I'd really like to hear your suggestions, Hanakonic. P.S. Turns out the Hoopas were not legit after all. Oh well, I still have one left. If anyone needs a Dex filler, oh well. Either way, uh, Splatoon, actually much more fun than you think that would be. Um, if you want to play Smash Bros. and you haven't liked any previous iterations, I don't know if you'd like this one. But Well, if, you want, if you're, if you're buying good. Mario Party 10 to play with friends, then you pretty much want to get Smash Bros. to play with friends in a way. That's how I would see it as. Maybe. It's, a good, it's kind of a party game, but at the same time, it's kind of not, but yeah. whatever. Uh, okay, so is there anybody we think we think sticks out? Today. Well, I liked uh, I liked Wave Bomber's little rap at the end of his. I don't know if we can to... just keep giving people mailbag badges because they wrote us a poem, Scrawn. I, I you that's know, not... but no. if, if I'm on, that's how you win me over. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, Zarni was pretty good. Did we give it to Zarni though? I feel like I might Z- get. I like. I, I really Zarni like Zarni. Zarni did do a really good job. Um. Uh, let me see if I can find out who had the green Toro badge. I don't think it's oh, Zarni. I, I, I can tell you if they have or not. I've researched. Did Zarni uh, do it? Zarni doesn't have one yet. Oh, I like Zarni. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's two then. Oh. Two for Zarni? Yep. Okay, Zarni, you that's win two. the green Toros badge. So go to the PucklePodcast.com website and submit for it, and it's all yours. As for next week, I know you're all just, like, really, really excited to know about whether or not or what you should send into PucklePodcast at gmail.com. And that's going to be the question, uh, what do you think is one of the most underrated Pokemon? Whether that be competitively or just design-wise. Send that into PucklePodcast at gmail.com. Also, while you're waiting for another Pucklicious episode to come out next week, you can come and check out PucklePodcast.com. We have loads of articles every day, uh, every week. You can come and read those. You can follow us on Twitter. We tweet random things sometimes. You can... Like us on Facebook because we post random things on Facebook. We will also, you can also review us on iTunes because that helps us get bigger and that makes me happier and makes me more willing to make more episodes. Uh, also, if you have a little change jingling around in your pocket and you would like to donate to the Puckle Podcast because you think this is an awesome place to hang out 
and listen to us talk, that would be great. I think we were sitting at about $40. We still have like two years to figure out money for the website, but the less I have to worry about it, the better I feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, also, yeah. Also, um, one thing. If you did go to PuckleCon, for those of you who did, there's a PuckleCon badge. Ooh. So next year, go to PuckleCon. You can get a badge. Yeah. I have just submitted for it. <laughs> I know, that's, that, that reminded me. Alright, so until next time, I guess, uh, I'm Trainer Thatch. I'm Shemu. And I am Scrawn. And here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's closing time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.